Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. With teams now working remotely in light of the COVID-19 outbreak, many are experiencing a slew of new and distracting demands. Hi, I'm Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell, to talk about recognizing the challenges so many are facing during this quarantine. So Lori, today's virtual employees are dealing with the difficulties in collaborating and connecting with their colleagues while working virtually. Many people like myself are finding that managing kids at home with school closures is a whole new layer of stress and chaos. Employees at home are also learning how to work at home with significant others, roommates, and having to work around others' schedules and meetings. And then there's this anxiety about becoming ill, anxiety over finances and being isolated. I have been seeing so many shout outs to each other on social media saying, hey, other parents, how are you doing? People who consider themselves really strong are saying, I'm cracking. And the support that they're getting is is just incredible. It is a new challenge that people are facing. The school, the kids, it is where I'm seeing a lot of anxiety going on and that might be something that's going on in in your house. <laughs> and it's not just anxiety for the adult, it's anxiety for the child and it's anxiety for anybody in the house that has to listen to the adult and the child <laughs> trying to homeschool in this kind of environment. I joke with my son, he likes the whole home part of homeschooling, but he is not real keen on the whole school part of homeschooling. And really trying to buckle down to a routine with that. And I'm not quite sure that he totally enjoys mom being his teacher. I don't think I would have enjoyed mom being my teacher, nor do I think I would have had a great learning experience having mom as my teacher because I would have been spending more time trying to figure out how to get around mom to not do the school part. Exactly. I, I, can see, I can see that far back that I absolutely would have tried to play that system. So kids aren't any different. No, they're not any different. And, and my little guy, he's my buddy. So he comes up with, hey, mom, let me show you this. Hey, mom, let's go do this. There's always something that is other than math. And he knows exactly what you like to do. So it's going to seem like you might agree to it. Yeah. Well, he also knows that I am one who has very little patience. One of my biggest weaknesses, I am, you know, we've teased before on this show, I am chop, chop, let's get it done now, let's move on. And he knows that there have been times where he will delay in doing things, throw himself on the floor and, oh, I don't want to do this. And I just get frustrated and walk away. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm going back to my office. <laughs> When your higher self kicks in, when you're not just walking away from them, 
what has been something you've done to get him motivated? I try to work on a reward system with him. And I also try to make it fun. He loves to do things together. The biggest thing for me is scheduling. I am doing my work when my mind is where I really can focus and do my work and not trying to do both at the same time. So I try to focus him. And for me, that's I let him sleep in because that's something he wants to do. So I get up and can get work done so that I can say, you know what, let's get this done. And we will walk over to Sonic across the street from our neighborhood and pick up an ice cream or we'll do something that he enjoys doing. Try to put in a little reward system there. And it gives you some routine for yourself. So it's not just scheduling him and letting him feel that there is going to be a reward when he gets it done, but that routine can reduce your anxiety of not knowing when's he going to get up? When do I need to start doing this? And I think if we had to like shout out tips, routine would be one of them. Routine to me is critical. You know, I was a routine freak when they were babies And it really helped in that whole teaching them to sleep. So we had this whole evening routine with them. They're two and three weeks old. But at a certain time, there was warm bath. And then there was the pajamas, a bottle and the lullabies. Like it or not, you were in the crib at eight o'clock. And we did that every night. We did not deviate from the routine unless we absolutely had to. And they got accustomed to that. They knew that was the routine. And when you do that, it it also teaches your brain, tells you, oh, it's time to go to bed now. Same as is true for us with doing homeschooling is, okay, there is a routine. You get to sleep in. Mommy's going to wake you up at this time. And then we're going to spend this amount of time. We have a little schedule that we put together, including our homework time. If you get your work done during this scheduled time, there's no homework and we can go do our fun activities. And again, I try to plan it so that I can take some time with him and I don't have to be so chained to the computer. My job is flexible enough that I can come back later and pick up where I left off. But then if he doesn't get it in that allotted time and mommy has to go back to work, then there's homework. When we were planning to go do that fun event, we're not going to do it now because now you have homework. So we try to treat it a lot like school. Routine in this household would be a bit different from that. So routine here has always been about my routine. I am the one that works from home. I've been doing this for years. I have set things. This is what I do. I have my workout. I know when I need to get on my first call. And now I have two other humans in this house that... I want to force them to live by my routine so they're not pulling my Wi-Fi bandwidth and (laughs) their noise isn't distracting me when I'm on the call with a client. So you have that, that young end and I've got this adult thing going on and yeah, you have a, an adult son and a husband working from home now with you. Indeed. And I want them to follow my schedule. And so how's that working for you? Well, my husband's pretty <laughs> scheduled. Finally, I'm not hearing the, hey, hun, hey, hun, as much. Uh, he's falling into his new routine. So that part's working out. But when we did get that worked out, when things started evening and I was able to say, okay, I can still have my routine. He's doing his thing. It did reduce my anxiety. Mm -hmm. about all this stuff changing in the world because I was able to go back to what I knew 
mm-hmm. to be true. So I think, yeah, if we have to shout out one big tip, it's routine can be a blessing and it might not be the routine you've always been used to. Mm-hmm. But establishing a routine will help you reduce anxiety and stress. Yeah. And that routine and communication, I think, is so key because it may not be what you're used to. And you have three adults working at home. I have two teenagers and two adults working in this house. And I think the whole communication issue, too, of being able to look at each other's schedules the night before and say, okay, when is it that you need to be on a certain conference call and maybe I need to be doing something a little different or what is your schedule and how can we make sure that we're not in each other's way or up underneath each other during some critical times? I have a household text that I'm doing and hey, reminder, I'm recording a podcast with Lori KT until this time. Keep your noise down. (laughs) It's so different things that we can text back and forth about. Yeah. Uh, Figuring that out. But there's so many other things we've got working remotely in general. So we've talked about routine and we're talking about kids and other people in our household. But for some people, they're more productive now that they're in their home space. They don't have all the outside distractions. They're head down. They're getting a bunch of stuff done. And they might find that it doesn't take them eight or 10 hours to get done what they needed to get done. They might get it done in a lot less time. Or they might just be barreling through. It's like exciting. They got all this stuff done and they're going to keep going. And there's the exact opposite of that. The person who is not adjusting well to not having that switch that flips. I have a client that I talked to late last week and he says, I'm having a hard time switching into work gear in the morning because I'm out of my routine Mm-hmm. of work out, get ready, go to the office and so forth. And so we were talking, we were brainstorming ways to hit, help him flip that switch into work mode. And what he decided to do is start out each day a Zoom call with his team. Mm-hmm. Quick call, have everyone check in. What are the three things they want to accomplish that day and help not only him, but it's helping his team flip their switches into work mode because they're all remote as well. He was exercising, doing a bit of a 360 view. This is what I'm experiencing, but what are my team members experiencing? He was doing a bit of an empathy experiment, if you will, really trying to take in how the others were. So there's two different sides of that productivity piece that workers, managers, leaders are all having to take into consideration. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that he's starting the day with a Zoom call. You have some leaders are more of that micromanager. They want to stay on top of people and making sure I I know of one organization. And I mean, they have to do a report in the morning on what they're going to do. And then they have to send it in a report in the evening on what they did. But it's not a eyeball to eyeball. It's send me this email on what you're going to do today and send me this email on what you've done today. I love that you're guy is actually having that Zoom call because I think that check-in with them, not so much to micromanage, but just to make sure they're okay because a lot of people are not okay with this isolation. You know, you have your husband at home and your adult son. I have my husband. I have two kids at home, two dogs, guinea pig. My house is full. There are a lot of people out there that are alone at home. And while some people might enjoy that, other people are not as much. And the isolation is a real kicker for them. 
And so I think having that check-in and saying, are you okay? How's everybody doing? You know, what are your, what are your struggles? What are your pain points? Where are you having issues? And then what can we celebrate? Kind of doing that still together as a team and, yeah. and even doing that more than once a day just as a check-in, but not a check-up. Right. Same organizational client, but another person there, she is scheduling a coffee break twice a week, and anyone in the organization can join that Zoom call. Mm -hmm. She has something quick and fun, and it's really just brief, but it gives everyone an opportunity to check in and see how they're doing. But it also, if you're thinking about it from a manager or a leader perspective, first of all, we all know emails, it's a communication trap because mm -hmm. we can't read emotion. Sometimes things are misread. Mm -hmm. um, on a phone, we at least have voice that if we're good at it, we can pick up on inflection. Mm -hmm. But with the visual, we can really look at someone and have that additional piece that visual, like you can absolutely tell when you and I get on a call, if I'm tired or perhaps I might've just come from something exhilarating, you can see both aspects mm -hmm. of that. You get an idea of my mood mm -hmm. and that's a real benefit for the managers to be able to check in with people visually. A lot do not want that camera experience. I get it. I don't love seeing myself on camera either, but it helped people get through it. And for you to be real as a manager or a leader, and if you're sitting there working in your ball hat, that really kind of makes it okay. If that's you naturally, and that's how you're getting things done, it takes some pressure off the person on the other end to feel they have to achieve some perfection to be on a video call. Oh, I think that's one of the beauties that, that can come out of this. It's not coming, it doesn't happen in, with every leader, but I think it should, is humanity starting to show up. And yes, so we're all working from home and we have distractions at home. Showing your kids coming in. You've seen my little guy come in, you know, getting to know each other's kids, being on the call with, instead of in your suit and tie, you're now on the call with a ball cap, seeing each other's pets or leaders. I think it's, this is a time for them to really show their humanity and show that side of them. They're getting to a sneak peek into your home now, into your families and your life there. And I think that that will be so important when we go back into the workplace that you just have this whole new connection. But, and like you said, I think it makes us feel better about how we're working, you know, and I, you know, I have my own views about how you should dress when you go to work, even if you're working at home, because I think that sets the tone for your mind. Oh, okay. I got up and I did put on makeup and I put on not a dress with heels or a suit. I did put on clothes instead of being in the same sweats for the last three days kind of a thing. I think that changes your mentality and helps you kind of stay into a, a more work-focused mindset. Now, I know I, I can be debated on that and people are probably cringing going, I'm not giving up my sweats. <laughs> and I have never been a fuzzy slipper worker. That's part of my routine is getting ready. But I think the humanity aspect is seeing people in different states of being and sometimes they're going to be can be productive casual and you're getting an appreciation for how each other likes to be so when you do come back together it's a, a new connection 
I think. I noticed that some of the calls I've been on, even networking type of calls, and having that interaction on these video calls has almost been more intimate, if you will, Mm -hmm. than sitting in a room with 40 of us. And I've gotten to know all of them a little bit better and what they do more deeply because of these web calls. So it's been an an interesting transition. It's about just getting out there and doing it, trying the webcam, looking for visual cues on how your teams are doing Mm -hmm. and building relationship. Yeah. And when you go back to thinking so often we've taught when we teach our disc and our personality styles and so forth, we talk about that introvert versus extrovert. And really the defining point between the two are where they derive their energy. And so I am a raging extrovert. Being alone drains my energy. I think that would be really important for leaders to know is know your people know what styles your people are, know what their personalities are, know who is going to be drained by the isolation and being at home all the time, who's going to be energized by that and being able to, you know, check in on those particular individuals and and kind of understanding where they're coming from. And the extroverts of the people I'm seeing that are on social media, reaching out, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn, they're somehow trying to maintain relationships socially as well. Mm -hmm. And then I've seen some of the people who would identify as an introvert, and they're reaching out on social media is a, a meme of somebody saying, the world finally gets me. Yeah. I have been practicing social distancing my whole life. People finally get it. And I social distanced before it was cool. Yeah. And so I'm in that center space, which some would call what they say is an ambivert. And I am getting a lot of that extrovert need met by doing some of these calls and being here with you, the networking calls. I also really like unplugging and going head down and getting some alone time here in my office. I close the door away from the guys and you're getting too much uh, people time right now, right? (laughs) And I just that, oh, I really need to be alone. And I recognize that I've been able to meet that ambivert need by doing what I do. I'm an educator. I am a coach. I get that people aspect and being home-based. I also get that introvert need to recharge alone. So I've I've kind of built my ideal little world here. And (laughs) this was just a bit of a confirmation. You know, it's funny because I am such a raging extrovert. My husband says um, he's had some of my friends reach out to him just to make sure I'm okay. (laughs) Oh, that's precious. (laughs) And I have done remarkably well, but I think you're right. Of course, I'm the party organizer, right? So I have some groups that I have scheduled our Zoom happy hours, and we're able to check in on each other and laugh about what's going on and still drink our glass of wine and have that social interaction, even though there's no touch involved and we're not sitting side by side, we're still getting it. And that leads me to another point for people who are working remotely that are used to working in that collaborative environment. I know a lot of companies these days are even ditching offices. They're going with a very open concept, collaborative work environment. So people are used to being able to go up to a whiteboard in a common room and just have people come in and out and being able to brainstorm ideas off of each other. Now that they're at home, the brainstorming and the creativity can become stifled. 
one of the things I've recommended to some of my folks are is to open a Zoom room where you say, I'm going to be on from 10 to 12. So that it's just open for two hours and anybody that wants to pop in can pop in. That's an opportunity for you to continue to have those collaborative sessions. And that really kind of opens that collaborative environment back up. Coming I honestly, out. I hadn't thought about that as much as I use Zoom. I hadn't even thought about opening up Zoom room for collaborative work. I have a lot of people that are using Slack and Microsoft Teams mm-hmm. as, as opportunities to have a space to go and do something collaboratively that they can uh, keep going on each other's work. But I hadn't thought of the Zoom room. That's a great idea. It's just like if you were in the conference room or the collaborative room at your office where people just kind of come and go. You know, I need to be getting some kickbacks from Zoom, don't I, for all the Zoom talk I'm doing. But there's a, you know, there's a whiteboard in there so people can come in and write on the whiteboard and really have continue those collaborative meetings. And I think that will be really helpful for a lot of people who are dealing with isolation uh, issue and struggling with that collaboration. I, I know personally, I am more creative when I'm with other people than I live by myself. And it really goes back to who's on your team. Do you know who they are and how they like to work so that you can adapt to them? I had one leader say, you know, it just seems some people just need an exact list of what we want them to do and they do great. And if we don't give them the list, they spin they, they, and they don't get mm-hmm. anything done. And I said, exactly. Remember the work we did and some people really appreciate having the list. Mm-hmm. They work best. If you give them the list, they will go away. They will do it most mm-hmm. of the time to perfection, mm-hmm. but you need to take the time to make the list. Mm-hmm. And now more than ever, you need to know these things about your team. Yeah. I think that's a critical piece for leaders right now is do you know your team? If you've done a personality assessment with your team, whether it's disc or colors or Myers-Briggs or whatever, uh, that organization is using. When was the last time you got that out and actually looked at your team members? Get that out, figure out what your team members need from you as a leader and what they need from each other and use that now. And I want to step back into isolation for a second because this is as much work-related, the team lead or the manager, the leader checking in to make sure people aren't feeling too isolated, but reaching out to people whether they're introvert or extrovert, if you know that they are alone, mm-hmm. I've talked to a couple of people and I, you know, I really took it for granted because they're so outgoing and they're very social. It never dawned on me that they might need a call. One of them called me yesterday and I heard it. They need us to check in on them. Mm-hmm. They need to know somebody is thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Check in with people. Absolutely. Even if you're struggling, that's a great time to check in on somebody else. Take the focus off yourself and check in with someone and and put your energy in a, turn it around to put it toward them and raising them up, lifting them up. Yeah, absolutely. Because so often when we get like that, we feel like, well, I don't want to burden somebody with my issues. If you turn it around and think, I'm having, I'm struggling today. Who do I know that might be struggling too that I can reach out to to help them so they don't feel the way I'm feeling today? Yeah. And it's not that you're calling to go doom and gloom with each other. You don't have to Mm -hmm. go into some spin of collusion and down a rabbit hole and worst case scenario. 
it's really reaching out so that you can both be present. I think the trick is to not go down the rabbit hole. Oh, it is. It's to stay positive. And gratitude is huge. We have so much in this world to be thankful for. I mean, I know a lot of us are like, oh, this is, you know, wah. This is terrible. We can't go out to our favorite restaurants. We can't go. I missed a a fantastic concert. (laughs) Uh, We couldn't do that. And we think doom and gloom, but it, it really isn't. And we have so much to be grateful for. And I think, like you were saying, that if we think about when I am feeling this way, There's someone else that's feeling it too. And if I can reach out to them and say, okay, what are the three things you're grateful for today? So if out, I can call you and say, Lori, I'm really, really down and out. Tell me, what are three things that you're really grateful for today? And that's going to release a lot of those chemicals in your brain that's going to shift the way you feel. So when we start feeling grateful for things, then it, it helps with that happiness hormone and we actually start feeling better about things. And I think if you said, instead of going into it with a doom and gloom, I I need to call somebody so I can lament on how bad things are is I need to call Lori because I feel really rough today. So she might too. I need to call her and try to uplift her. So I'm going to call her and because it, it is all about how we respond or react to something. So there would be lots of opportunity to react doom and gloom. There's if we wanted to focus there, we could find all the reasons to go there, but it's choosing to not go there and choosing gratitude or choosing the forward momentum rather than focusing on what's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's so much better for us physically and emotionally to focus on what's right and what can I do to keep myself moving forward. Yeah, exactly. And you know, my heart does go out for those small business owners who are shut down right now. There's not a lot that they can do and they don't have necessarily uh, those team members that they can work collaboratively with. But at this time, what can you do to be able, I hate to use the word reinvent yourself, but how can you use this as a way to, when you do go back to work, that you go back a little differently? Or what have you been putting off because you've been so busy, but that will actually help you and start on those projects so it gives you a sense of purpose? Absolutely. It is really important. And whether you call it reinvent or not, it is taking that time to be visionary for yourself. What's that vision I have for me so that you can be planning the small steps to get there as you walk back in the door or you are picking the phone back up on reentry. It's with that sense of, of renewed purpose. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and I think this is just an ideal time to be able to do that, is to go back in it. I do some outplacement coaching with organizations who are laying off people, and I do training and coaching with them to kind of help get them ready to go back into the workplace. And I always tell them, kind of divide up your day. You've got your work, and their work is going to be focusing on getting another job. And lay that out and just like we've talked about, have a schedule, have a certain place in your home where you work so you're not scattered all over the house. You've got one place that you go to all of the time. But then that second part of your day, and it doesn't matter which part, you know, but that second part of your day is work on those things around home that you've been putting off for a long while. So is there that closet that you want to clean out? You know, I told you at the before we got on the podcast, 
my, my family of four is repainting my home. I'm the only one that's excited about it, but we're repainting the house. So what are some of those projects that you can do around home where you can be productive and be excited because those are the things that you've been putting off forever because nobody has time to do them. Right. And whether you are completely not working or you're working from home to give yourself that space of a lunch break Mm -hmm. or to get up and move, it allows your brain a little bit of time off and you come back with some renewed creativity. Mm -hmm. But those lunch hours, they can be doing something, one of those small projects that you've been putting off Or you can say, I'm going to work through lunch and I'm going to get off an hour early today if that's acceptable. And so I have enough daylight to do a a certain project or I want to have enough daylight to go out and um, get my flower beds ready for spring. But to give yourself those rewards, because chances are you are being more productive uh, work-wise if you're working from home. It's not taking you as long to get things done because there aren't the the work distractions. Yeah. That mental charge. I even tell my clients who are working in the office back before we had this quarantine, you still have to have that mental charge in your day, that mental break. You have to be able to step away and go for a walk and go get a cup of coffee or do something that takes your brain away and allows that brain time because that's where your creativity will come back. We are very fortunate in this country that our quarantine still means we can go outside. I have some people that I know that are overseas and they are limited to an hour a day outside, which to me is just unfathomable. So take your lunch break and if the weather's good, go sit outside because that vitamin D, that sunshine, that fresh air will do a lot for you. Don't stay chained to the desk. My husband and I took a walk. We live on a lake and we took a walk around the lake at lunch today and he was on his phone and all and I was like, put it away to walk. It'll be there when you get back. You need that break. I need that break. What I'm finding really interesting, and it was that Gallup poll that we both heard about today. And when they asked people, when we are allowed to go back to work to the question was, do you want to get back to the office or do you want to work remotely as much as possible? And the split was pretty interesting and 41% want to go back to the office and 59% want to work remotely as much as possible. I think prior to this, the percentage that wanted to work remotely was probably higher until people actually tried it mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, oh no, oh no, no, no. I, I need to go to a place. I need to get out of here. So it's given people an opportunity to say, I do like working remotely, I can work remotely, and it's also showing people when they would struggle working remotely, they will probably have a little pep in their step when they do get to go back. There's going to be a party in the office for... I posted a cute little video on Facebook, and it was these quadruplet toddlers, and they kept hugging each other. And I forwarded it to a friend of mine who's a huge hugger. And I said, when this is over, I want one of your hugs. So I can see going back to the office, all these hugs. But you know, the interesting thing that has happened as well is a lot of organizations have vetoed the whole idea of remote working. I think a larger percentage of our organizations are kind of coming into the 21st century, letting people work remotely, but there are still a few and some of my clients work for these organizations that have poo-pooed 
the whole idea of remote working and now they have been forced to try it and to let their people work from home. And they have been pleasantly surprised that the projects that are getting off the ground and how things are continuing to work. All the ugly that they thought before, oh, if we send these people and let them work remotely, they're going to sit around watching Netflix all day and eating bonbons. <laughs> They've realized, you know what, we can actually trust our people and our people can go home and work remotely. That's going to be one of the good things that come out of it as well is for these organizations who refuse to even try it, who now have and realized, wait a minute, this really does work. This is something we might can offer our people in the future so that 41% that want to be in the office can come and that 59% that want to work at least part remotely a couple of days a week might be able to do that. I see a lot of good things that can come out of this. Yep. Just Sunday spoke to somebody that I used to work with in a corporate environment. He was saying that their organization who had been a long term, we do not work remotely here. That is not what we do. And they're one of those organizations that have had to go that route. And they're even staying closed longer than beyond what their state is mandating because they're seeing it works. It's okay. Now, the company owner is very excited to get back to the office because he himself prefers to work in an office environment, but he did see he can trust his people to run a really awesome global organization without being in a brick and mortar place. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what is going to come out of this. I think that we as a country are full of very strong, very innovative, very creative, very passionate people. And I do think we're going to come out of this different than we went into it, but I think different in a really, really good way. I'm really excited to see what's going to come out of this. So next week, Lori, how about you and I get together again and talk about our favorite subject, emotional intelligence? Sounds fantastic. In particular, empathy. All right. Well, you go have a wonderful virtual day, and I look forward to seeing you again. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.